Hello, and welcome to Table Talk Friday, your weekly dose of D&D hosted by three boys in a bedroom. If you like their style, you can follow them on Instagram, YouTube, and other social media platforms. And now, back to the boys. I got really jealous today because uh, at work there were so many people. Um, it was storming outside, so everyone's power was going out. Like, like we're all working remotely, right? So, so they, uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll call him uh, work guy Eric. His power <laughs> went out. Zach's friend from work, Eric, his power went out, and then and then Zach's boss from from work, Eric, also. <laughs> Had her power go out. And, and so I was just sitting here waiting like, when's my break? When do I get to take a break because my power <laughs> went out? I want to, I wanna, you know, I want to go sit on the, on the porch or something and just look at the rain, but nope. So we had, a, we had like a trickle of like people coming into the gym all day. And I, at one point, the power literally like flickers off for a second and back on and the internet goes out and I was like, Hell yes. Anybody comes in, we can't check them in. So, like, we have to wait a couple of minutes. I get a little break right now. No. Uh, not a single person walked in that door until the internet came back on. Like, the internet comes back on, people start filtering in again. And I'm like, what? Did the world stop when the power went out? That's not fair. Um, I, I don't know. just a group of people outside sitting on their phones. No, they no saw the... They, Can't go in. Well, the thing is, the, it was like a flicker of the lights, and the Wi-Fi basically like reset, so Bailey had to go upstairs. I mean, Ninja Eric, <gasps> uh, friend, <gasps> female, <laughs> went upstairs <laughs> and changed out uh, or turned off the internet, turned it back on, and... It, and it was back on again. But literally, not a single person walked in the door. Like, the phone rang a few times, and I had to answer it. But, like... I wanted, to, I wanted to know that someone was waiting on the internet to be back up, and they were waiting there. No one was waiting. I feel like no matter where you are, it's always fun when the power goes out, right? Because if you're home and you're doing nothing, you could hang out, play some cards, you know, you could read a book, play some board games with your boys, you know? <gasps> Do board? you remember that time? Yeah, well, we've done it a couple times. Yeah, whenever, whenever we were at, um, at our old apartment, and apartment literally... Eric. Yeah, apartment Eric, and... The power goes out. I'm in the middle of cooking eggs, and the power goes out, and I can't. I can't finish my eggs now. They're just sitting here in a pan, half cooked. <laughs> I can't eat them. They're half cooked, and so that's quitter talk. Yeah, um, <laughs> and, and so I, my eggs are sitting in the pan. Taylor comes out and is like, "Oh, the power went out," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, the power did go out. Let's call Drew." We call Drew. He's like a couple minutes away. Um, Drew comes home, and we're all like, "Well." what do we do? You know, this is like the first month, first month and a half we've all been living together. And we're just like, well, what, what do we do with, uh, with all this time? And I was like, well, I guess, I guess we're going to have to break out the games. And we all sat down for the night, put some candles on around the table and we just got to play board games all night. And it was great. When the power came back on, I was a little disappointed. See, that, that's the thing though. You get, you, you anticipate the power going out cause it's going to be fun. And as soon as the power goes back on, it's like your life is back to normal. Right. You know, it's like when you finish a movie, that. like a really good movie. You're really immersed. You feel like you are the characters. You're really, really feeling the vibe, the setting, and all of a sudden the movie ends. It's like, well, 
now I'm sitting on my couch. Right, to go now to bed. I'm just me again. What am I supposed to do? Now I'm gonna work not, tomorrow. Now I'm not Percy Jackson. Exa- exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. When the power goes out, that's exactly what I feel like is Percy Jackson. <laughs> well, the thing is, when the power goes out, I can't play video games and try to be Elden Ring. So that means I get to I read a book or something. You know, I yeah. sit down. And I go, oh, you know what? I'm actually gonna read that book that I bought, you know, three years ago and has been sitting on my shelf. And I sit down. I get to chapter two. Power comes back on. Elden Ring. Never pick the book up again. No, you, you know, if the power goes out and it's dark, like I'm not going to get a candle and try and read a book. That's uh, that's how you get eye strain, so I've heard. Um, I don't think that's actually true. Well, I wear blue light glasses, which I happen to be wearing right now, so my eyes are much less strained. <laughs> but but in either case, I feel like that's just a great time to, like, you know, zen out. Be alone with your thoughts. What, you want to meditate when the power goes out? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's a little. It's a little scary to be meditating. Especially with all the candles going on. If someone looks in the window, they might get a wrong vibe, you know? See, I feel like if I... I I live on the third floor, so it doesn't matter anyway. I feel like one of the points of meditation is kind of like when you're, you know, when you're fasting, you have the option, you know, you could just do it, but you're going without it for a little while. If the power forces you to meditate, am I really getting everything I should get out of meditation? Well, I just think it's really cool because like... It is cool. Yeah, It's, you know, uh, uncharacteristically quiet, right? But... If anything does move, you hear absolutely everything. Not if you have tinnitus, like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess you're disabled. I'm <laughs> so, uh, so you just I'm can't. never alone with my thoughts. <laughs> there is always the ringing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do hear a ring every once in a while. Uh, I hope it uh, it doesn't happen all the time, because that'd be mm. awful. Yeah, I mean, you get used to it. Yeah. You know, I worked remote for like a year and a half. I don't think once ever the power went out while I was working. Doesn't that suck? It does. I was really hoping for a break at some point, you know, but I never got that. I feel like that's one of the the biggest perks of working from home is those spontaneous breaks you get. Well, Well, that happens at the office too, though. Yeah. Yeah, but it depends on where you work. Well, I remember the one time, uh, you, you probably remember the one time you were working at home. I had gone to work that day and I just come back home at like 2 p.m. and you're like, Seth, why are you home suddenly? Aren't you supposed to be at the office? I w- and I was like, oh, no, the power went out at the office. Someone hit a lamppost and they sent us home. And it was the best. Oh, I just showed back up home and they were like, hey, you guys can wait. Uh, the power should be back on around three. You guys can stay three to five then. Um, go ahead and take a break. Come back at three. Or like, stick around till three. Come back at three if you want. And, you know, you can continue to get paid or you can just leave right now. And I was like, I'm going to go home right now. It's like 1 p.m. So when someone hit a light post outside, it's not going to be back on for two hours. Yeah, I'm going to go home. And so I look at my boss. I go, hey, me and Jamie Eric are out. And so me and Jamie left for the day. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you remember back in college when I think we were in class or it was like midday, maybe we were at lunch or something, and that bread truck hit the pole out front and yeah! all the lights went out <laughs> that was crazy that was funny there were a bunch of people that claimed they were out front and they were just they just watched this bread truck go off the road and slam into this pole it was crazy <laughs> i don't so remember funny. this at all no no i must have been asleep or meditating see i get it confused because when i think of the event it makes me think of that scene from zombie land where the uh, they found the snowball truck and the snowballs were all over the road so i think oh yeah the tasty cake truck hit that pole back in college no it didn't that was a good movie, though. I enjoyed Zombieland. Well, I think that's a good time for us to get into <laughs> our topic for the day. Because welcome to Table Talk Friday. This week, our subject is giants. Everything 
we know about Giants. Now, as you guys know, in our past, we have been players in Storm King's Thunder, which is a Giant-centric campaign. By the way, my name is Seth Pittman. I'm joined by Zach Carvon and uh, Andrew Romano. How are you boys doing today? Well, I'm doing diddly diddly great. <laughs> Just real I, excited to, to be talking about some giants oh, with you today. I love giants. Probably my favorite creature. Can't say I'm diddly diddly great, but I'm feeling pretty solid. I had a good quality day at work. I only melted a little bit in the sun, so I'm mostly <laughs> solid at this point. Sweet. Okay, so yeah, we're going to jump into talking about Giants, probably just starting from the very baseline, Giant lore, gi what we know about Giants as of right now, and what we've experienced with them in games thus far. Who wants to start? Well, you know, you, you can't open the floor like that when you are the DM That's for our true. Storm King's Thunder uh, campaign. So, so Seth, why, why don't you tell us, you know, just, just some of your basic knowledge about Giants in D&D &D and, and what, what you know about the lore. There are five different types of giants. Hill giants, stone giants, frost giants, fire giants, and storm giants. Oh, no, cloud giants and storm giants. I'm bad. Six types of giants. Seth knows all of them. Right? Really messed it up. Um, <laughs> and they are allotted in what is called the ordining. Now, this is the hierarchy of giant power based on how strong your certain types of giants are. A lot of it is just based around height and muscle. <laughs> how much power you can output hill giants being at the bottom and storm giants being at the top the ordering lies in the order i mentioned before hill stone frost fire cloud storm sitting at the very top of the storm giant uh hierarchy we have uh the storm giant like actual royalty and they are basically like the rulers of all giants but all giants don't really abide by what they say they just kind of exist underneath them uh and at the very top um high above all of them is their god um anam the all yeah anam the all father jeez it's been a long time since i ran storm king's thunder um yeah, the premise of Storm King's Thunder is basically this ordering has been broken and the players are tasked with um, reforming it, which is what you guys ended up doing a couple of years ago. Very cool, very fun. Um, and overall, giants are just the coolest thing in the game. But they're not only just like big hit point sacks as well as damage dealing sacks, but at the same time, they also have, one, a lot of cool lore behind each one of them. They lie all over the Sword Coast. Two... They are the creatures that existed far be far before humans, which is very interesting when you think that all of this Forgotten Realm civilization is built on top of what the giants and dragons built before. They are the natural enemies to dragons, given their stature and their amount of power they can output. And as we know, based on our current um, the current setting, the current lore, dragons did come out on top of the of the giants, whereas. In the past, um, the two of them sort of existed equally, but dragons ended up coming out on top. Giants kind of became more recluse, as well as humanity was born and ended up conquering both. Yeah, yeah. So uh, w when we talk about uh, lore uh, in D&D, our knowledge base is mostly centered around the Forgotten Realms. Correct. So um, we'll, we'll be doing a lot of, you know, sp speaking about what is typically accepted in current 5th edition uh, Forgotten Realms lore, but uh, what's really interesting about giants is, I think from a setting standpoint, there are a couple things that do seem to be constant, uh, specifically like the idea that giants came from before, right? Right. So, obviously, giants can't be uh, plentiful and, you know, 
just doing great right now. Otherwise, everywhere you look, there's going to be a huge, giant civilization. And if there's not something that exists to keep the giants in check, like the dragons, then why haven't they conquered everything? They're massive. They're industrious. Uh, there are, you know, brands of giants that are very intelligent. Why not? If Unless there's, you know, some force keeping them back. So Both dragons and humanity now are both keeping those giants in check, which is very cool to think about how, like, you know, fire giants are your typical, just like dwarves, just your smiths, your very strong, powerful um, creatures who are able to create some of the strongest weapons and armor out there, and yet they're still being kept in check by uh, Timmy the Barbarian. Yeah, and so there is a part of me that thinks, okay, yes, humanity, right, their advantages, uh, they they multiply, they expand, um, and they're just everywhere, right? So they're tough to deal with. I still find it hard to believe that that giants struggle with that as a threat. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel that. Or, or even, and this is true for a lot of fantasy races as well, I suppose, but if you think about elves, right? They've got every advantage. They live 500 years. They're masters of the of the bow and stealth and uh, magic and all this other stuff. Why are they not the dominant species? Oh, well, they don't like having sex. <laughs> There's just not that many elves because they choose not to multiply like humans. Yeah. Okay, I guess. I guess that's fine. <laughs> Low testosterone, it sucks. Yeah. But, you know, putting that aside, the the giants just in and of themselves, I, I think they're best used in your campaign in, you know, sparingly, right? So I think one of the things that we ran into in Storm King's Thunder was sort of giant fatigue where, wow, we've dealt with a lot of giants. I can't wait to do something else, right? Right. Because that's not to say that giants aren't, like you said, one of the most awesome monsters in D&D, but just written on the page, they don't give you that much as a DM to work with um, in terms of, you know, just the monster stat block, right? Every giant has, you know, over 100 hit points, a big attack, and a rock they can throw. And then, you know, some giants will have, like, a variation, like cloud giants can cast some spells, storm giants can throw lightning. But th- those main three elements you're going to find with every giant. So w- what makes giants cool is the idea that they're not everywhere, right? They existed as a part of this ancient race. Maybe you find, like the bones of an ancient giant or, you know, an ancient giant civilization that's been abandoned. Now that's some cool shit because it feels like you're uncovering something that, you know, it, it it's uncommon, right? You, you stumble upon the giant, you know, layer or you find like a, a wandering uh, frost giant everlasting one or, or you know, whatever uh, the, the case may be. That's a cool, memorable encounter because they're, you know, these mythical... Uh, you know, mystical creatures. Um, and, and so I, I think as a, as a DM, you, you can use giants in, you know, the, the way where they're just a big sack of hit points. I think they work very well for that uh, purpose too. You know, say throw a hill giant in with, you know, a, an orc band or something. That's a perfect boss for that encounter. But if you think about, well, how am I going to escalate this giant? It's really in the DM's hands to say, all right, what are their tactics? What's their society like? You know, what what's going to make this giant encounter different than all the other giant encounters you've had? Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, you run into a giant and they're not hostile at all. 
uh, which you know is sort of where stone giants or cloud giants can come in because they're they're more artistic, they're more uh, reasonable, I suppose. I think so. While I think they're really cool mythically, they're definitely great bosses. They're good, you know, ancient creatures to look into the lore of. But I would love, absolutely love, to see more of them. I'd like to see a setting where giants are more, I'm not going to say like integrated per se, but are more abundant. When I think of dragons per se, right? Dragons obviously are very isolated. It probably takes them a long time to breed because they have to meet other dragons. They have to venture out, which they don't like doing. So it makes sense that they're very rare, they're mythical, and they're hard to find. Wait, did you even read Fizzbands? <laughs> I read Dragons Fizzbands. can reproduce by having a bigger horde. That's that's an option, <laughs> option set. Option. I'm just saying it is there. <laughs> Could be. But as far as the giants go, we were talking about how, how old they were, right? I've never played in a one-off or a campaign where we ran into one giant unless they were very specialized, like a very specific cloud giant lives in a giant right. fortress. You did, right. You did run into the everlasting one in uh storm kings which you mm. molly walked but their the whole th- thing is that they're wandering you know they're same for the thing. stone giant Dreamwalkers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the storm giant quintessence those are those are solo like um giants yeah but if you think of any other encounter with a giant you're running into a group of hill giants you're trying to eat some adventurers in the hills or you stumble into a cave of stone giants that have been sleeping for 20 years and wake up as soon as you walk in the bats fly around the room or you know or even fire giants you think a large forge where they're all working together to craft one massive legendary weapon you don't run into one or two giants so in the same sense where are they I'd like to run into more civilizations, more groups. What I like for that, especially in like a homebrew setting, or I guess you could use it in your own like version of the Forgotten Realms, is we as people have agreed to live over here. We don't agree with the giants. They don't agree with us, and we take up different amounts of space. Uh, the giants live over there, across that ocean. We don't. They don't come over here. We don't go over there. I well, like that as an idea. Yeah, yeah and so in our current setting, um, you know, like a, a post-Storm King's Thunder world... Um, we have seen that sort of like, well, the giants are rebuilding, um, you know, the, the ordning has been uh, reestablished and, you know, everything's sort of coming together where small folk and giants are, you know, not maybe all giants, right? There are some still hostile uh, to uh, to small people's way of life, but th- there's that uh, communication between, you know, storm giants and, and small folk and... And uh, cloud giants and the small folk. Yeah, and I, I wonder how, like, I haven't really put too much thought into it, of how that actually affects the world, you know, centuries from now. Where where those creatures go, how exactly they live out their lives, and how, how being at peace with giants and humanity would really affect the world as a whole now that they're agreeing on things. Lots of half-giants. Well, storm storm giants and whatnot can just live in the ocean, you know? they They can do that. Uh, right now, frost, you know, frost giants, fire giants, hill giants, they all have their own places, but it's like, okay, nothing's really changed for them. So I think it would be cool to, you know, work that into the campaign in the future. Like, okay, how does this continue forward? Because you guys in our last campaign ended up talking to a lot of giants, making peace with di- different groups of them. And that could allow for, you know, them to actually build a society in the future, which would be really cool. I mean, for instance... Um, bringing in different types of characters who were giants um, as NPCs and seeing their motivations, how you guys met one specific character. I'm not going to spoil anything that I possibly can for Storm King because I do think you should play through it. Um, One specific character, their whole motivation was we are looking for artifacts from 
long past, like ancient, draconic, and uh, giant artifacts, so that we can uh, become more powerful in our own right, and we can reestablish what uh, us as these type of giants mean. Um, And that's just a cool motivation. That's like a not evil-centric motivation. When you guys found that out, you were like, oh, well, maybe we should talk instead. Uh, and it ended up working out. Like, ah, we know you did some horrible things, but also you had motivation. Here, and it, it wasn't particularly evil. So I think being able to deal with that, especially with those giants that are able to be reasoned with and talked to, is really fun. Uh, especially once you've established that, oh, a storm giant isn't just something that flies out of the water and starts attacking you. It's actually just a really, really big water-breathing person. Well, yeah, and, and uh, storm giants are a good example of, like, a typically coded uh, more on the good uh, spectrum. Yes. And it's interesting that, you know, there's baked in in the monster manual, uh, you know, alignment-wise, even though that that may change in the future uh, with future printings. We'll see uh, how that goes. But uh, that there's, you know, this built-in diversity of, uh, of, of cultures, right? So fire giants ultimately do, you know, take pride in, you know, uh, conquest and and uh, subjugation which is why they're so good at creating you know military armaments is because they're always trying to build themselves up and you know uh take that angle of it whereas storm giants are naturally gifted uh and very powerful so they don't necessarily i mean they, they keep the other giants in check but they're uh they're free to pursue other things like magic and you know uh they they seclude themselves in the ocean so that they can work on uh, themselves and and bolstering their their own society right whereas like stone giants they're really big on runecraft and and you know just art interesting stuff and i like one of the things i really like my my favorite are probably frost giants because frost giants are very much just like barbarians like they the reason they don't expand so much is because they're always fighting each other for who is the strongest frost giant like their their whole society is based on the strongest one of us is in charge so we're fighting all the time to be in charge that's cool they're always training and fighting and they're not going out and fighting a ton of people per se they're a lot of them are living in one space fighting each other to be the next person in charge until we get to certain events where they do actually try to um, push themselves out into the Forgotten Realms, which is cool. Um, I, I'm i a huge fan of Frost Giants. I think they're fun, and they're that perfect uh, 6 to 10 level enemy, so that perfect mid-range enemy for characters to go after. And if you do, like, a 1 to 5, a perfect second character arc is for Frost Giants to come in sometime in that, like, 6 to 10 range. Maybe even, like, do something else and go go there 8 to 10 and have a character arc or a story arc where frost giants are coming in uh, like and attacking the realm. You can do that with any of the giants. I'm just saying I like frost giants particularly because of their culture. Well, yeah, and you know, if there's a there's an awesome way to make your players shit their pants, it's throwing three of them at uh, them when they're level 5. Yes. Uh, <laughs> hey, the book said so. <laughs> uh, you know, but, but that's a good topic. Um, I don't want to... Uh, say mine because I'm bringing it up. So, Drew, uh, do you have a favorite giant of the giants that we've listed here? So, I'm going to agree with Seth. I actually really, really like Frost Giants. I like Frost Giants, though, not only because they're primitive, but I think there's a lot of thematic opportunity for them. So, when I think of Frost Giants, I think of a group of Frost Giants living in the tundra, right? They have these big old igloo ice houses that they've built, and of course, they're not alone because these people have been living in the in the wilderness forever. They're that primal, they don't advance technology type of giant, right? So instead, they have winter wolves that run around with them. And they have uh, saber teeth, uh, 
dogs and cats and like Same crazy tigers. Yeah, tigers, but like different yeah. kinds. I like the mystery with them because they're not something you see all the time. They're out in the wilderness doing their own thing, you know. With I guess with a storm giant, you kind of know. You know what a storm giant's doing? He's he's casting lightning across the sky, and there's there's symbolism to it. With the frost giants, you never see them. You never know they're there until you're mid combat with them, or their their pets are attacking you, right? Um, on top of that, I'm actually gonna go with my least favorite giant because I have one very strongly. Um, I really, strangely enough, the strongest ones, storm giants, are my least favorite giant. Blasphemy! Because I know, I know. you know, for me, I well, go ahead and explain why you hate storm giants so much. But um, but just so you know, as a preface for this. Them's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll tread lightly, Zach. So they're they're very cool. I love the the lightning theming. I think we could always use some more of that. I like the idea that in my brain, when I think of a storm giant, they're these mountaintop Zeus-like legendary creatures, right? That are they're the reason that lightning lights up the sky. They're the reason that there's storms in the sea. Strangely enough, I don't think of water. When I think of storm giants, and it throws me off. We've done a campaign with storm giants that evolved, and there's water stuff going on. You're in the ocean in certain parts, and you, you you get to do that kind of exploration. I don't think of giants as things that swim around. Like to me, being in a boat and there's a giant swimming under it, that's weird. <laughs> how is how is he swimming around? He's so big, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> you're right. Nothing just, big can go underwater. No, it's possible. It's possible. <laughs> How, how do you feel odd. about how do you feel about krakens, Drew? Krakens whales, are very cool. Whales, very, whales, but they're designed for water. These are just <sighs> I giant. Get it. I get it. People, why are they swimming around? What are they doing? They should be. I I think of them being on the mountaintops, cracking lightning bolts down. You know, I, think I thought you were cool. gonna have better reasoning for no, why you don't it. like storm giants, they but I don't me. like your reasoning because I was like, okay, yeah, I can see where it's turned to the trade. I thought, wait, what? Because yeah, I I don't agree with you on that, but I I can see it a little bit. Well, well, so now, everyone, let me just explain to you why storm giants are, in fact, the coolest giant. So, <laughs> Please do. So, so I, I mean, if you think about just the image of a storm giant, you, you hit the nail right on the head with Zeus, right? Um, they're just, first of all, the largest of the giants by a good margin. Um, they, they also more or less go up in height, except for fire giants and uh, and cloud giants. Correct. They sort of stay uh, below. But, um, but storm giants, they're huge right and so you think about storm giants and uh throwing uh, lightning bolts and and swimming underwater can you imagine drew just just picture this for a moment calm seas everything's going great but on board there's a fugitive someone who has angered the storm giant king and within seconds dark clouds surround the ship there's thunder and lightning rumbling that sounds off in the distance at first and then immediately boom lightning strikes right next to the boat and then from underneath no one can see not even the guy in the crow's nest but the camera pans up and you see the massive face of this giant his face bigger than the ship itself and he reaches up with one hand and crunches that ship apart uh, to to get rid of that fugitive that is Badass, like, like, it, it, just imagine. And you, to be fair, I'm a big fan of Greek mythology. Poseidon under the sea, his whole kingdom, 
like Poseidon, Storm Giant. Zeus, Storm Giant. A lot of the, the Greek pantheon could could be, you know, equated to, to this level of, you know, prestige. Or, or even if you think about, like, um, you know, the Titans, the, the things that came before the gods. These are, you know, maybe Empyreans or, or you know, the things of Storm Giant stature. I love the other giants, but if I want a giant, I want it to be imposing. Like, thank God the Storm Giants are good, right? <laughs> because otherwise, we'd all be fucked. Yeah. That thing's so huge. His his finger is bigger than me. Isn't it like 30 feet tall or something like They're that? usually, I think, 28 to 30 feet tall-ish. Yeah. That's insanely big. I, I don't know. So I, I agree with you. I think they are very cool. They are very menacing. By far, probably the most intimidating giant... I find their theming confusing with the water. I, I don't know what it is. I think every other giant has a very specific niche that they fill, and the water thing throws me off. I don't know what it is. It just it totally does. Well, well so here's my thought. Um, my my weakest giant of, of the ones we've established. Uh, it, it's a toss-up between stone giants and hill giants, and my reasoning why is they both sort of occupy... Not the same space, right? Because hill giants are definitely like the big, dumb, stupid oaf. Uh, they, you know, w- will pick fights for no reason or because they're hungry, you know? L- like, they'll they'll walk around as like a, a bully of small folk, right? But if that's the case, where do I fit in a stone giant, which is of a similar CR? They don't do anything different in combat than a hill giant. The, the, the only difference is like their, their culture, right? So you have to, you have to dig into the lore to really, it, if you're going to feature hill giants and stone giants, good luck. <laughs> because you, you really have to make them very distinct for your players not to say, oh, it's like it's like a hill giant again, right? Here's how I feel about it. Now, I will say stone giants are my least favorite of the bunch, but I love all giants. And what I do like about stone giants is the fact that they seem to me like the silent geniuses, you know? Like, they are... They're quiet, but everything they're doing underground seems like it has some meaning, even though it might not actually have any. They just seem quiet, uh, reserved, and, you know, one thing I do like about stone giants as well is, you know, they're not really on the surface a lot. There's a reason you don't see a lot of stone giants. They don't come above ground because they are comfortable underground. It's a nicer spot for them to be around rock. Um, Hill giants, I do like better than stone giants, and I... I might even like them better than, like, Cloud Giants, honestly. Because when we played, they have such fond spaces in my memory because we've been around a lot of Hill Giants. There's been, uh, in a campaign all about Giants, the first five levels, you can't fight much more than a Hill Giant. So you guys are going, um, you know, traveling the realm, you run into a good bit of Hill Giants, and they're so much fun. Like, (sighs) I'm going to spoil one thing really quick. Because the fact that the Hill Giants' whole MO for the campaign is um, we have to get more food to feed the head Hill Giant is so derpy and hilarious to me. (laughs) Um, Now, you can solve the campaign. I I recommend any DMs to change this up a little bit uh, when they go into running it because I, I ended up changing it and adding the fact in that, like, a certain character has a headband of intellect. They're a lot smarter than you think. Um, 
and they the whole it's the whole thing is just feed 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 it's funny because you're going to get bigger you'll get taller you'll get stronger that's not what happens when you eat a lot of food guys i don't know if you know that but that's what the hill giants think they think that they're going to become the best by being the biggest and how do you get bigger you eat more it's so funny it's so good that's all they want and so yeah i i'm a big fan of hill giants because you can mess with them like that you can have a completely them doing completely illogical things and that why can they do it because they're big and strong and uh, also their variants in volos and stuff and in the monsters of the multiverse are very fun because they're just random gigantic oafs um you you literally roll a die and that's what they do that turn i love it it's so random yeah they they can't they're they're like in a feeding frenzy right like yeah they're called mouths of Gorlantor. they're hill giants that have been starved so all they want is to to they're basically like rabid feral they they want to eat 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 because they're so hungry and so literally whatever they do on their turn you roll the dice and one of the things is hey you they they don't do anything they're so hungry they can't even think straight they're just gonna stand there another thing is oh yeah they're gonna go to the nearest creature within their movement speed and make three attacks like they're gonna make do the three strongest punches they could possibly do on this thing to try and kill it squash it and then eat it there's no way that would ever kill any of your players. So yeah, that was our first character death in our campaign was someone died to one of those. Uh, it wasn't someone. We'll go ahead and call him out here. It was Drew. Drew died and made me waste my 300 gold. He was Now, on, uh, I remember Drew Vivify. making that decision and standing in the open in front of this thing like, ah, it won't be able to kill me in one turn. He goes out in the open, shoots at the boss, and then gets literally splatted on the ground <laughs> by the giant. Yeah, but he, he was a new player. But, but he listen, actually though, was. It was... It was it was a good choice, right? I, I'm going to defend my choice here because because our wizard was standing right there. Our wizard you was standing right there. You could have done it from cover, though. It, it, <sighs> sure, it's possible. But the, the giant was berserk. He was going to hit somebody, right? So my thinking was, well, do I want him to hit our little wizard buddy? That has no hit points and will surely die. Your wizard deserved to die the whole he campaign. He did. He absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> but and he never did. Point. That's not the point. My rogue was a very heroic character, and he wanted to keep everyone safe. So he's. Th- I'm thinking. Oh, you know, I've. I have. Um. What is it called? The. Uh, cunning. Not cunning action. Uncanny dodge. Uncanny dodge. If that, I'm gonna half one of the attacks and surely he's only gonna hit me twice because most giants only swing twice no he swung three times now yeah they don't always swing three times i just happened to roll that one and i was like yeah we're doing what the dice say boom 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 dead so i defend my choice it was it was all right and of course morwin saved me with his nice diamond that he was saving for me specifically yeah y- you know i will say i prefer um the story right Eknon dies and has to be brought back to life. I feel like that's more dramatic. If Dalith died, I think everyone would look around the party and say, all right. Do we waste the uh, diamonds or not? I've got 300 gold worth of diamonds. I have it on good authority that that if we bring Dalith back in, like, next session, he's going to spend 500 gold on a dog. (laughs) (laughs) So... Yeah, all that to say, I like Hill Giants a lot. I have a lot of good memories of them, so a lot of it could be nostalgia, and we haven't seen many Stone Giants. We've run into them once or twice, but we haven't gotten to spend time with them because we haven't spent a lot of time underground. So, not really a whole lot of reason to go underground and fight the Stone Giants. The one time you did meet Stone Giants, you were underground for a reason. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, and, and I will say, um, Hill Giants definitely have their place, and I have you know, nothing but fond memories about them in Storm King's Thunder. But when when I think about, like, larger scale, right, hill giants sort of occupy the same space as a lot of the giant kin, which 
Seth, I know you love the Giants, but yes. let me talk about the Giant Kin for just a second. So, so if uh, we we zoom out in Forgotten Realms lore, right? There's Anon the Allfather, and he had his wife, the the mother of all giants, who I don't remember her name. But in Greek mythology fashion, she you know she she got around and uh, <laughs> and uh, you know had had some crossbreed babies that that bred you know new uh, forms of giants, right? So we've got Fomorians, Fearbolgs, uh, Veerbeegs. And and then Goliaths. of course yeah yeah uh, Goliath which you know it's not confirmed for Goliaths whether or not they're related to stone giants but they must be right and then uh what uh, ogres onis Etons. Etons, yep yep uh it, it, so th- there's there's all of these you know giant related folk uh, cyclopses of course they all excuse me are very. You know, they're just very similar to, to hill giants. What's fun about those, though, is when you have the intelligent ones, more like your Onis and such, uh, you can use those in conjunction with, say, hill giants. So hill giants make good, you know, servants to the smarter giant kin, which is very fun for me. So, for instance, an Oni could, have, could be staying in a town and have knowledge of... Um, a certain tribe of hill giants that's nearby, and they could go over there as a giant kin, as a brother of sorts, manipulate them, get them to do what they want for their own purposes. Great sixth or seventh level uh, story arc where the, your characters are meeting up with this barkeep, blah, 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 blah. He's just a fun guy. He's cool. He's really fun. Turns out he's an oni who's been speaking to this tribe of hill giants that's attacking a neighboring village for food and or resources to give back to the oni for him for whatever cause. So it's it's really cool how you can use hill giants in conjunction with these other giant creatures if you're running a campaign in that vein. For sure. Uh, and, and just to, to talk about, um, you know, we don't have to go through the details on all of them, um, but I just want to, you know, get my thoughts out while I've got them. Sure. Um, Fearbolgs, just my favorite. I, I, and so I'm not a huge fan of their 5th edition artwork and how they're more like a, like a blue fairy yeah. animal type character but uh, but they are still giant and i don't mind like the the foresty vibe of them um but they're they're just very interesting in in my mind so in in volo's guide to monsters they have like this whole uh you know they're a fringe society of course like most giants are they like to keep to themselves um they're industrious and they they keep to their clan but they also um do something you know irregardless of what's going on with the ordning right now every fear says well Fuck that. Uh, we're going to be as great as we can be, no matter the size. So the, they, they've got, you know, tricks up their sleeve. They're intelligent. They're powerful. Uh, and they'll, no matter, you know, what the ordining says, Fearbolgs always aspire for greatness, which is, you know, it's, it's cool. It's cool. And, and I like playing them as characters. Um, there's also Veerbeegs, which is stupid. Um, their name is dumb. It sounds like very big. Um, and they're like they're like furbolgs, but they're mean, I guess. Um, let's see, uh, Fomorians came from the Feywild originally, uh, and are mostly in the Feywild, but they're like dark, uh, twisted. They're not descended from stone giants in any way, but they're exactly like stone giants, except they're evil. Um, <laughs> let's see, any others that are great? I mean, ogres are my favorite. Uh, overall, I think just because I really love that as a low-level monster. Oh yeah, that still commands some, you know, some power, right? You think of, oh yeah, I mean he's throwing shit all over the place. 
Yeah, if uh, an ogre is running at you, even at like fifth level, it might feel fun to like go toe to toe with them, but they're still gonna outclass all but like the most optimized barbarian, right? In terms of strength, so they've still got that going for them. So I don't. I know we just talked about a whole bunch of the giant kin, Cyclops. Have we ever run into one? Yes, in the Feywild. Because they're really you remember cool. you you ran into some Fey or some Cyclopses riding rocks in the Feywild. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. like SpongeBob, they were riding Cyclopses rocks. are are kind of just like the the giants of the Feywild. Sort of. I don't know a whole lot of lore on them, to be honest. Like I don't know a whole lot about them in particular. So, and, and having been a big fan of the Percy Jackson series, glad we brought that up again. Cyclopses are a big deal in. Uh, Percy Jackson, and I want to care about them more in D&D, but I don't know that much about their, like, Forgotten Realms lore. Yeah, so, as far as I know, and I, I was doing some research um, before this this episode, there's not a lot about Cyclopses that in the sucks. Forgotten Realms, and they're... I don't think they're actually technically classified as giant kin. I'm pretty sure they do count as, like, full giants, but they're exactly the same as hill giants, except they only have one eye, so they have their poor depth perception, which is cute. That's funny. Um, and uh, another reason why I dislike hill giants, I like cyclopses more. Because right. they, they've got that thing about them, right? Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Um, I would like to get back on track with the actual like giants that are part of the Ordning, though. Because we haven't talked a whole lot about uh, cloud giants in general. And cloud giants are very interesting to me. Because think of the cloud giants as your elven... Uh, gi- giants of the bunch. Now, they're not actually, like, they don't look like elves. They're not anything like that. But cloud giants, in general, are just so interesting because, one, they can build facilities on top of clouds. Cool. They live in the sky. Perfect. We don't have to worry about... We don't have to worry about space for these guys. They float around. Uh, so that's cool. But on top of that, they are in tune with magic. Um, a lot of cloud giants, especially the more noble versions, think of them more as nobles. Um... A lot of a lot of the more noble cloud giants want to take take the throne of the storm giants. They're like, we are more powerful, we're smarter, we're better. Storm giants always outmuscle and outclass them, but cloud giants feel like we have the knowledge and we have the power to overtake that. They're kind of like the Slytherin to the Gryffindor, you know what I mean? In Harry Potter, it's like, okay, we we're gonna use cunning, we're gonna use power, we're gonna use knowledge. Uh, and which is really cool to me. Like you guys know, I vibe with those kinds of characters already. Uh, and I, I wish there was a little more um, cloud giant lore to go off of, but they're very interesting. I, I think they're super, super fun, uh, especially with the storylines that you get to cover in Storm King's Thunder, which we got to briefly, briefly go over. Uh, it was a big part of the campaign, but man, there's just so much to take into account when it comes to cloud giants. Well, yeah, and, and so when I think about cloud giants. Immediately, my mind goes, it's Jack and the Beanstalk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a giant on a cloud. And, and honestly, I think that's all that I want out of, out of like a cloud giant encounter. Um, and we haven't done this yet, but I, I'm holding it in my back pocket for a rainy day. I know you did that, that one fairy tale one-off. I, not the anime, but like, you yeah, know, yeah. <laughs> styled like a classic fairy tale. I think that would be a great, just a great one-off. Like, you know, a bunch of third-level characters. Here's a cloud giant. You fucking deal with it. Yeah. So as far as cloud giants go, I could be wrong. Do they have the least amount of hit points compared to all the other giants? No, I don't think so. Because I always think of them as kind of frail for a giant, which throws me off a little bit. Now, cloud giants are strong. 
I think they're comparable to like a hill giant or a stone giant, but they what they lack in hit points, they make up for in. I mean, they do more damage and they have spells, which really elevates them versus like a you know a hill giant that doesn't. I like the idea of like a giant caster. We didn't really run into a whole lot of giant casting in our in our campaign. Um, but I'd like to see more of it. I'd like to see different kinds of giant casters to see how they how they role play. Because I, I really want to see more. Yeah, of the you can't. I don't you think can't I've have too many giants that are powerful wizards, or else now no, the no, fact you're, that you're humans right, use right. magic uh, makes no sense of taking them down. But yeah, I mean, you did have friends who were giant casters, which was fun. Uh, and you went and ran into like one or two encounters against them. It's a yeah, it, it's a little bit tough because there's not a whole lot of spells that a giant attack won't be better than anyways. Like, the, you having you guys make a save with your massive modifiers and, and make it versus, like, oh, well, the giant can just have a plus, four, like plus 13 to hit and hit him, you know? Mm-hmm. So a, lo- a lot of times when, you, when you're playing with characters with those massive modifiers, it's like, ah, eh, well, I guess my dragon could cast, you know, a lightning bolt or a fireball, or it can go up and bite and claw twice and kill someone. In theory. I think I'd like to just see more of them realistically. They're they're not used as much, and I think for good reason. They're they're hard to work in unless you build something around that kind of encounter. They're hard to stumble across, to be around. You have to literally be in the clouds to be around them, you know? What's very cool is making the magic more a part of their own innate like nature and giving them, you know, legendary actions or something that cast spells along with it. So like, okay, on their turn, they're going in and getting huge attacks off, but, like, they're also reacting to the environment around. So, like, the Cloud Giant is going in with their, you know, spear and shield and fighting toe-to-toe with your guys' characters, but then also an NPC is to the side. It turns uh, and it manages to, like, knock off a lightning bolt in their direction as they're doing something. So, yeah, I think making it a part of sort of their, their flavor, their combat, giving them the legendary action to cast a spell would make it really fun. Well, and they did have something cool, um, and, you know, not to spoil too much, but we did have a big encounter with some cloud giants. Um, I think it was only a couple of them, but, but they were very powerful where there was, you know, the big chamber in the Cloud Giant Castle with a moon door, just this big fucking hole in the ground, and, uh, you know, the, the Cloud Giant uh, leader casts Bigby's hand and tries to, you know, grab you and chuck you down there. Yeah. We did not have an answer to that. None of, <laughs> We had multiple spellcasters and no one with Featherfall, so we were really sweating <laughs> versus that, and no one thought, not one of us prepared it um, as we were flying up to the to the giant castle, either we were like, "Yeah, it'll, it'll yeah, be fine. fine." Yeah, <laughs> I love hearing about this session because I think it was the biggest session as far as cloud giants go. We got the most exposure to them, got to fight them a little bit, learn about them. And I wasn't there. Yeah, you oh, were there for a couple so of key okay. sessions. Yeah, it was a really good session too, for what I hear. I yeah, I think a couple of us almost died, but it's okay. Zach missed the best session of the campaign, so I sure oh. did. <laughs> oh. But you know what? There were no giants in that. In that, so we can't talk about that one. Um, another thing, I another or type of giant that I really like is, is fire giants. I mean, you, you can't really go wrong with fire giants. Now, I can't talk about fire giants now without talking about the fact that I played. A, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring, and you get to fight a fire giant in Elden Ring, and I was like, this is what they look like. That this is exactly what they look like, and so it was. It was very fun for me being like, oh. I am the the human going toe to toe with the fire giant. This is cool. Um, 
which I enjoyed a lot. Now, this is this was like a, a tougher encounter in the game. But yeah, it was super interesting, super cool. And now I'm like, okay, I can envision scale for giants in my head a lot better. Because they weren't quite that big to me in my head. And then I looked at what a 30-foot person would look like and went, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, that's incredibly frightening. I mean, I'd say the uh, the fire giant in Elden Ring is probably like near storm giant. Yeah, uh, height. yeah, definitely. It's, but but absolutely, it's friggin' and the fact that they were able to pull that off. This isn't an Elden Ring podcast, but I'm just gonna gush for a minute uh, with the scale because they've done uh, in front soft games before, you know, massive creatures. But it always feels cheap, like they have to do something special to it. Not this time. You're running around on your horse. It's, you know, it's chucking fire at you. It's trying to crush you and it's, you know, mobile and running around and it it just feels great to fight that boss. Oh yeah. It was super it was super fun. I uh did not didn't use anything to help me in that encounter and man, I had a blast. So, I didn't get to see the really cool fire giant. I've heard great things about him. Did he look similar to how I would imagine in like the player's handbook kind of a vibe or the monster movie? Oh yeah, look? absolutely. The darker skin, the orange hair. Yeah, exactly what you would think of. He did have a big face on his chest. I will say that. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it was it was a two-face fight. But That's, I don't I don't think I like that. That's weird. <laughs> so, but but it was cool because it was like a like a bigger face on his chest. So, with like a big uh really, I think it was like a cyclops. So, really enjoyed that. Another thing I like about Fire Giants is just how organized and uh, militaristic they are. I I don't really understand how they're not just taking down places, raising villages and stuff all the time, which, I mean, the the thing is, they're they're supposed to be very technologically advanced, even more so than dwarves, you know, with magic and their, their, like, understanding of it. So, yeah, that is one thing that bothers me a little bit about them is I feel like Fire Giants would be, you know, taking, taking the place over. Maybe they just can't reproduce fast enough something like that i'm not sure um, well, well maybe it's not only that but uh fire giants in my understanding are very prideful right so right. maybe it's hard to get a bunch of them together you know because everyone That's thinks true. that they're a master craftsman so they they go off and isolate themselves and complete their own work but it, it, it's hard to get a bunch of giants together without you know, causing a ruckus right. or causing a fuss. And especially fire giants. Like, if fire giants are going to war, everyone, uh, you know, loses. Speaking of that, let's go on to my favorite variant of the bunch uh, that we get, the fire giant dreadnought. So God. cool. Ugh, one of my nasty. One of them. my favorite creatures in any of the monster manuals we've gotten. So this is from Volos and is now in Monsters of the Multiverse. It is a fire giant wielding two spiked tower shields and it's the coolest thing uh that that you can come up against they are one incredibly powerful like you need to be a high level party to be taking down a couple of these guys um and literally their whole mo is charge up on you and ram you with that spike shield over and over and over again until you're just you know soup on the ground and there's nothing you could do against it either. What's their AC set? Like oh, 24? Yeah, it's incredible. It's insanely high. Which is crazy because you think, oh, you know, I'm going against a giant. He's going to have a lot of hit points, but I could hit him a whole lot really yeah, hard. Yeah, but when he's wearing no. gigantic plate armor and holding two shields. You, you just can't break. I guess you have to ca- I guess you have to use magic at that point to somehow immobilize them, incapacitate them. Because I can't imagine beating them down. 
by yourself. Oh, no, there's no way. Like, you're fighting a platoon of, like, six of them. Like, you guys eventually, or in, in a campaign, uh, we had them, you guys go up against, what was it, six of them and their, their leader? No way you would win. Like, I had to take you guys out right there. It was crazy. It was cool. It was fun. And, man, I, I think they're the coolest creatures. Yeah, yeah, you know, I've got a great idea to counter them, though. You just cast Heat Metal. Oh, wait. They're resistant or they're, immune. They're, they're, they're immune, immune to, fire. to fire. I was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, good, bad idea. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a terribly great idea. Can you, can you transmute that spell to a different type? I don't see why um, not. As a, as a sorcerer, well, mm, mm. It, it might be like on the first instance of damage, but heat metal does do. It, I'd have to read the, the sorcery. Yeah, I'm just wondering because you, could, what if you could transmute that to like cold and make their armor so cold it's like dealing uh frost like cold damage to them. I mean, if you're spending the point to transmute it without reading the actual wording, I can't imagine why you wouldn't be able to. It would to. still, you know, quote-unquote, like, scald their skin, right? I, I think I think heat metal is, is a very underused spell as it is, so if it's super effective against the fire giant Dreadnought, you know, the one you're going to see ever playing, yeah. I think it's fine. <laughs> I mean, it would make sense, too, to use heat metal with lightning, and you just, like, electrify it, and now it's just shocking them repeatedly. Oh, that'd be cool. I mean, all of that works. Or acid. Now they're burning. They got to yeah. take it off because it's coated in acid. I would let you do it. I think it'd be cool. It, it makes me think of we were in a, a big, big boss fight with a number of fire giants in, in Storm Kings without giving anything away. Um, and to get one of the final blows, my character, Eknon Greylock, rogue with a lightning sword, he cast lightning bolt out of his sword and it bounced off all the different shields of the, oh. of the giants on the battlefield, slammed into the back of the big boss, taking him down to the ground. It was so That cool. was very cool. I forgot about that. I felt really cool after it. Yeah, yeah, right before Morwen stabbed him in the knee, and then he died, I think. Yeah, you got the end kill, right in the knee. Yeah, yeah. One of Morwen's greatest moments. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, we've talked a lot about giants today. Anything else you guys want to bring up? Yes, because there is a, a hidden seventh giant that I haven't told you about up until this point as a as a last-minute reveal. Oh, boy. You boys ever heard the tales of the Fog Giant? No. No. So, in, in earlier editions of D&D, uh, the, the first edition, um, there was a Fog Giant. And uh, in... It was a few years ago at this point, but, like, as a, a charity thing, uh, Wizards released an official... Uh, like supplement, it's called Mordenkainen's Fiendish, Fiendish Folio, and it brought back a bunch of old monsters uh, and gave them stat blocks for fifth edition. The Fog Giant is like a Cloud Giant. Um, I think they're they're around the same stature and power as a Cloud Giant. Um, CR eleven, I believe. Um, but they've got uh, their their whole thing is they can create like clouds of fog. And then they can see through them. So they, they fully obscure the whole area around themselves and then just, like, come up on you. They like to live in swamps and shit. Their, their one extra feature that they get versus other giants is they get, like, a rallying cry where they basically yell out just something so horrifying to their, to their subordinates that they all make an attack at once. So, like, you imagine a, a fog giant with, like, you know, just a horde of orcs. Doesn't matter if your characters are tenth level; they're getting hit by twenty-four attacks all in one turn, and then the monsters get, or then the orcs get to make their attack again. You know, on their actual turn. That is so cool. 
I I love like this leader fog giant. Maybe it's just like maybe thinking they're um, individuals, like a leader fog giant with all of these subordinates who's just extremely intelligent. Maybe it's a a cloud giant who came down to the surface and started just becoming one with nature, like a druid. Uh, and now it's a fog giant, and they've taken over this uh, city of wood elves or orcs, or like you were saying. Uh, that's that's a very cool idea. I love it. Yep. Uh, I don't know their lore. I don't know how they fit in. I don't think they really do with current fifth edition stuff. But that's just a that's a little cheat code from me to you. Look up Fog Giant Five E. You'll find it. Oh, and that's official Five E. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. I kind of want to check it out. It's uh one of my favorite personal monsters in all of D and D. I love hags. I've told you guys this before. I love the idea that you roll up on a swamp to take out a hag. And she's got oh. a fog giant or as two. her like bodyguard. Yep. Cloud oh, up the swamp so they can't see. All you hear is the cackling of the night hag in the distance. Oh, that'd be cool. You, you know, if we want to make this like a high level encounter, just a bunch of or you know, like a number of oni also oh. under under their control, and like you know, you just see like their eyes and their and their grins through the fog as they they come up on you. That's an awesome horror. I'm also encounter. thinking of a, a bunch of Nothics as like the really low level creatures, like are like kind of just sitting in the fog as well with their big eyes. Oh, that's cool. There's so much opportunity, man. The hag idea that that got me. I like that. Yeah, I got chills. I'm I'm gonna throw one more thing in about these giants. The reason I like the giants, and we touched on just a tad bit about how the hill giants can work with all the other giants, is whether they're you know, they're slaves or they're being utilized or manipulated, right? I like that they all work together so well. The stone giants could be miners for the fire giants. The fog the fog giants could be working with the cloud giants to create more landmass and clouds. More well, clouds! Like, like they just... <laughs> I, you can take the any world giant. needs more clouds, Drew. More clouds. Turn them out! <laughs> the cloud apocalypse. I actually love that for a one-off. Oh, man. I just thought of... The, what if the uh, the fire giants were just like using more fire to make more smoke to make clouds? <gasps> oh. ma- they make cloud machines for the cloud giants. That's <laughs> hilarious. But but it's true. You could take any of the giants, and in some way they fit with other creatures, with other beings, with other groups of people. They just enhance the situation as a whole, or they escalate. It makes thing make things crazy. That's why I like them. That's, That's good with everybody. Fun. And with that, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Table Talk Friday. If you would like for more from me, Drew, Zach, the boys, head on over to uh, your podcast service of choice. Uh, listen to all of our episodes in a row from the beginning. Ah, the beginning ones don't like sound as good, but they're still a lot of fun to listen to. You can uh, write into the show at tabletalkfriday at gmail.com send us your questions comments concerns talk about your favorite giants any characters you've played if you've run storm kings or played in storm kings tell us your stories about it and you can find us on social media at tabletalk friday you can find us on tiktok at tabletalk friday and twitter at tabletalk friday where i put out tweets every single week about our new episodes and with that i need a giant to take me out Fee-fi-fo-fum. I don't know where this bit is going, and I think it was pretty dumb. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Table Talk Friday, a D&D podcast. For more fun conversations like this, follow the boys on whatever podcast service you prefer, and come back every Friday for another upload. And if you have your own inquiries... You can find them at Table Talk Friday at
at gmail.com. Thank you.